0: california archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer happy no shave november fuckos i'm coming through with another episode on the 17th of november it is the evening it's nine nine thirty ish all the chores are done so what's going on in archery well, let me lay it down for you. Let's see. What have I observed? Okay, well, first off, let me go back and uh, last week I had talked about all every, all the big names switching bow companies, jumping on other contracts, this and that. My very last person I talked about was Bodie, right? And then I said Bodie had switched to PSE. Apparently that's not entirely true. So, here's the correction, okay? I I went and said, you know, Bodie's on team PSE. That's not correct. Bodie's uh, contract with Hoyt is over. So this is what I was told. And that he hasn't signed a, a contract with anyone at the moment. He's just dabbling. He's just seeing what's out there. Apparently, he has a bunch of PSE bows. So that's why he shot, you know the fucking 30x round with a PSE like no fucking <laughs> it's like no big deal <laughs> he also just killed some kind of animal he posted up on his on his uh, Instagram he killed some kind of uh deer or something with uh, a PSE so I don't know you guys tell me I think Bodie's going PSE but you know it just depends it just depends who's gonna who's gonna hit the ground who's gonna hit their you know go knees to the ground first and open wide and give Bodie what he wants. Uh, is it going to be Hoyt or is it going to be PSE? I, I think it's already, I think it looks like Bodie's going to go PSE, but yeah, who knows? I think my honest opinion is that Bodie probably has enough money at this age. He has enough money that he's like, you know, you could put that in a 401k or you could put it in a an IRA or put it in some kind of stock. You know, fund with a com- compounding interest, and by the time he's my age, he'll actually have a retirement set up. So, he's probably got that all worked out in his mind. He's good enough that, you know, he could be a pro shooter for just about any company he wants. Um, but I heard that he had even floated the idea of just like, oh, maybe I won't sign with a company. Maybe I'll just shoot whatever I want. It's just like, fuck. That's. Bad ass to go about it with that idea. But my, my theory, you know, I'm thinking maybe he shot the um, the new Hoyt and was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I'll really try not to bag on the, the Hoyt target bow so much. I did shoot, um, I'll let you guys know, like I did shoot a Stratos with spiral cams, and that felt pretty damn good, you know. Uh, I, if you asked me a couple months ago, you know, or if my first impression of the Stratus was with cams initially, I would have told you, I would probably still be shooting it. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's hard to say. I did pick up a new bow, however. Um, I picked up an Elite and I got a lot of, I got a pretty, you know, a basket full of good things I like to say about this bow. But we'll get to that later. I don't, I don't want to just sound like someone who's always you know, they said a lot of good things about the Stratos too and I do believe a lot of people I mean like Tate Morgan loves his Hoyt Stratos you know what I mean I think for a lot of people though that cam and, and I'm not talking about in terms of like the defective number one cam or whatever I think the cam itself is just difficult to shoot I think a, a handful of people have trouble with it apparently guys like Tate Morgan do not You know, they just set it up and, 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 you know, go to town with it. Um, so yeah, I ended up buying elite, uh, another correction from my last episode, right? I talked about possibly getting a PSE, but I was nervous about doing so because it didn't have an 80% let off option. And for anyone out there that also likes like fooling around with let off, (laughs) and maybe like dabbling in the 80%, you would understand, you know, where I'm coming from with that. Um, and me saying that the PSEs didn't have an 80% let off on the target line is not true. So I got a bunch of messages from a lot of people that shot PSEs and told me like, Hey man, like there is an option for you. So if anyone out there is thinking about possibly getting a dominator, or you know any other target bows but you're like "Mm, i don't know the the cams seem kind of aggressive there is an option for you you can purchase it with an se cam all right and with the se cam there are high let off modules that you can purchase and those go to like 80 percent, possibly more or you know you can get you can get deep in there all right with the uh let off so there's options for you um you know, you don't have to feel boxed into one or two bow brands just because, you know, you're, you're unsure about these other options. Um, so I was wrong about the PSE. I ended up, I almost ordered a PSE, right? After I had learned that. But it's kind of late in the indoor season now to be waiting on a bow to come in. You know what I mean? Like, I think at this point, a lot of us have been shooting putting some arrows down range. It's time to start working on yourself as a shooter. And I feel like I kind of wasted a little bit of time, um, you know, dabbling with different bows. Uh, hmm. sorry, I don't mean to yawn. I'll try to edit that part out. Probably won't, but I'll try. But yeah, I dabbled with a bunch of different bows and, you know, kind of strayed from what I knew worked for me. Uh, I had the pleasure of going and picking up an elite verdict, right? And I did this for two reasons. One, my buddy Tom Parkinson said, he said, hey, you know, he's like, just judging from how you did in the past, you should either just get a 38, a Matthews 38, or an elite verdict. He's like, those bows are perfect for someone who needs to tune, you know, needs to tune it up quick. And then put any available time they have into practice. Uh, so I thought, all right, that's cool. Uh, I don't have to wait like three weeks for a PSE to come in. So I went and I got the Elite Verdict. It's roughly, it's, I think they say it's 37 and three-quarter axle-axle. It's basically a 38. It feels very similar to a 38, a Matthews TRX 38 uh with a couple of exceptions um it's a heavy it's a heavy bow so there is that i don't know exactly how much it weighs but i would imagine it's tipping five pounds plus with nothing on it um the thing i really like about this bow is the grip all right on the elite yeah, i don't know if you guys have ever heard me talk about how you know you can try you can attempt to bear shaft tune but if your form is effed up or if you have like a lobster claw for a left hand and you're shooting a right-handed bow your hand will impart a, a certain amount of torque on the bow that will cast your bear shafts off to the right right it's common thing for some people that do bear shaft uh, or attempt to look at a bear shaft right um the elite grip is is pointed to like eleven o'clock. There's something about it. It's it's tapered, I don't know. But that elite grip allows me to well helps helps me to bear shaft tune. I don't torque the bow to the right with my hand. Um so this is one of the few bows that I've gotten to bear shaft tune for and uh for me. So that was goddamn interesting. That was cool. Um it has an adjustable Valley, so they're advertised as both advertised as quarter inch adjustments, right? Adjustable valley, and then um, and you can pick your wall, right? Hard wall, soft wall, whatever. It's actually half inch adjustments, and the valley adjustment, you're really just picking, the, like the value. The valley adjustment is where you can fine tune your draw length. And you're really just picking at where you stop along a draw cycle, like the end of a draw cycle. Like it, like this is this is the part of the draw cycle that dumps you into the valley, and you can just pick where it stops, right? So it's like I originally thought it was gonna be like, ooh, you can pick exactly where your valley is, you know, then you can pick exactly where your stop is, and you can pick exactly how your draw cycle is gonna be. It's not entirely like that. You're just picking where you're stopping along this. this valley section right and you can adjust where that ultimately can adjust where the valley section is i don't use the limb stops um because the cable stops are really freaking solid um but it comes with a limb stop option which is dope and it's just there's so much i like about this bow You know, it's like a good solid draw, you know, draw cycles, really good, solid, solid, solid all the way back. And then right at the very end dips into the Valley, you know, right into a nice, I don't know, like a nice pocket I can just hold in there. I have it set for 80% let off right now. I don't think I want to go any further than that, but it is a really comfy bow. It's comfortable to shoot. It's a ton of fun. I've shot a handful of 300s with it already. Now it's just a matter of, you know, working on myself. You know. Uh So yeah, there's options out there for you guys, you know. Don't feel obligated, you know, if if you're shooting a bow that like disagrees with you or kicks the shit out of you, like you can sell it. It's going to be tough, you know, the economy isn't doing great, but you can sell it and there's other things out there. I like the elite system so much that I'm going to get an elite hunting bow also. Now, I know a couple of you are probably thinking like, okay, so Wendell just sold out to elite. No, at least not giving me anything, right? I got this from the shop. I got this from West Coast, Ar- West Coast Archery. And to be 100% honest, so you can trust that I'm not like just blowing smoke up elite's ass. I'll give you my honest opinion about the bow itself. Awesome, awesome shooting bow. The adjustability is amazing. The only downside is it is quite possibly the second ugliest bow on the market. The verdict is probably the second ugliest bow, second only to the bowtech I think Bowtechs are, yeah, uh, okay. Third, all right. Third ugliest bow is the Elite. Second ugliest is the Bowtech. First ugliest are the uh, Gearhead bows. There's uh, probably shouldn't even be called bows. They just weird giant slingshot things. Um, but yeah, the elite bow is ugly. Um, but you know what, you know, it's, you know, what looks really cool shooting some good fucking scores. <laughs> so I'll just take it. I'll just shoot an ugly bow for the time being. Fuck it. You know what I mean? I like how this bow feels it. I I'm stoked to get an, uh, an elite hunting bow. I have a Hoyt Venom hunting bow, and it's it's something I built all year. I have the quiver system. I got the SL side mount. I got the Picatinny rail. It's an awesome, awesome bow. But I would, I would tr- like. I'm, I'm, It's up for sale right now. I would switch to an Elite solely for the attempt at the ability of bear shafting. Because if you could bear shaft with your hunting setup, dude, you can. You can shoot any broadhead you want, you know, and have, you know, massive accuracy. You don't have to shoot four-inch fans like me. Um, at least that's my theory, all right? I don't know 100% if that's true, but <laughs> that is my theory going into it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I'm really digging the Elite Bows. I'm I'll be the first person to tell you they're ugly, though, okay? I don't want you guys to think I'm just going to be, like, all in, but... I think if you're a a shooter that is unsure of what you're looking for in a target bow this is a good start you could start with an elite bow figure out what kind of draw cycle you like and then and what you shoot good with figure out what your draw length actually should be and um and then go from there then if you want a different bow then at least you know a frame you have a framework of what you're looking for you know um Let's see. I wanted to give a shout out to um a couple listeners of the show. Um a gentleman named Eric Frey uh shot a three hundred. I think I think he shot a three hundred. He's shooting really good in competition right now. Um he's one of these really nice dudes that credits the show for helping him. And, you know, as always, I'll be the first guys to tell I'll be the first one to tell you this show is not why you guys are getting better. Like you're getting better cuz you're putting the work in yourself. Okay? Like I I am not <laughs> magically appearing <laughs> and shooting your bow for you. And if I was, I'd probably <laughs> I'd probably put a nine down there somewhere right now. So, uh Eric Frey, way to go. Uh uh another gentleman named Andrew Etcher, Etchernak, I think. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. But Andrew, also shooting solid 300s. John Ruga, kicking ass, shooting solid scores. And then a buddy of mine, um, he's a protege of Blake's. His name's Sam Sturza. Um, I have mad respect for Sam because not only is he putting work in, but he goes up against, like, fearlessly goes and shoots against like the hardest competition possible. And I think that's one of the best ways to get better. Not only is he like, not only is one of the best ways to do it is hard work and practice. Right. But I think there's something to be said for competition. And I think you gain a lot of experience um, just competing and Sam's out there competing at like a really high level. Uh, I would expect to see Sam, leapfrog over a lot of people um in this next season next upcoming year even so yeah just a couple shout outs to these guys um you know i'm always stoked to hear about you know your guys improvements and things that you're doing along the way um you know uh, sam doesn't credit the show my show with getting better i know he credits blake's program um but still, credit where credit's due, man. You guys are all shooting good. You guys are all putting it out there. Um, I, I got mad respect for competitors. Which kind of leads me to the AB Invitational. AB Invitational went down. I think I covered this already. Um, with uh, you know my man Randall Kilpack taking the win. Caleb Quiotra taking second. Um, Gus Ulrich taking third. Bunch of badasses, you know, as always. Oh, was it Gus that took third? I'm pretty sure it was Gus that took third. I'm not 100%. But anyway, Randall Kilpak took first. Uh, I did not know that the Wilderness guys, we had... Mark. I knew Mark Rubio was there. We had... Um, uh, Mr. Long was there. Mr. Randy Long was there. And then Tom- Tommy Daly was there. Now, for you guys who don't know, Tommy Daly is the son tommy daly senior tommy daly senior is some kind of like super shooter right shot all different kinds of classes won all kinds of championships for a new guy like myself all right tommy daly senior is just the recurve guy he's just an older recurve guy and i don't want anyone to get mad at me all right don't get mad at me i don't know him i know he's the cat's pajamas all right to me Tommy Daly's the cat's pajamas, because he also won all, a whole bunch of nationals and stuff, or won a whole bunch of tournaments, and he shoots Compound, which is my language. That's my that's my field right there. So, I thought it was cool Tommy Daly showed up at this event. Um, you know, it's cool when these kind of like OG Backyard Legends come out and you know, throw money into the pile and say, yeah, I'll, I'll mix it up with you guys. Even if they haven't practiced, even if they didn't prepare for it, you know? Um, I can only imagine like, how, <laughs> how does a guy like Tommy Daly get excited to come shoot indoor? Is it exciting for a guy like that? Do you feel nerves still? Or is it all just kind of, yeah, one more shoot in, uh in a massive book long list of shooting. You know? I have a I have a joke that Tommy Daly is just has shot so many high level tournaments he's not impressed by anything. You can tell him that you shot a thirty X game and he'll just tell you something like that he saw I don't know, Terry Ragsdale get slapped by a stripper on the line back in the eighties. So that nothing you do is gonna impress him at this point. But it's really cool that these dudes they're in your backyard. They come out and shoot with you. And I know, you know, maybe these names don't ring a bell for you guys that aren't in California or specifically northern California, but I'm sure there are equivalents. Like you have these equivalent shooters in your state. You just got to find them. You know, if you when you go when you go to Vegas and you go to the championship line, there's people from every fucking state. There's even people from, you know, like those weird satellite states that aren't even technically states (laughs) you know um you know like paraguay or whatever guatemala and places like that i mean if you go to the championship line you're gonna see people from different countries as well but it's just cool i feel fortunate to be living in this area and and i really hope i get to shoot against tommy daly or um or any of the wilderness cats real soon um so, let's see. As you guys know, I uh, I kind of poo-pooed on Hoyt a little bit last couple episodes. I'm a little upset with how they're handling the bottom cam issue, um, but I'm going to drop it. You know, I've had, I've had close friends of mine that are like, dude, I'm not going to listen to you. Like, my close friends are like, I'm not going to listen to this if this is all your show is going to be, is you bagging on Hoyt for a manufacturing problem, and... So, yeah, you know, I'm going to stop. But my buddy also said, you know, other companies have also had these problems. And I think out of fairness, I should only say, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, look at the TRX line had bearings fail at like, an, like a crazy rate over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I thought it was happening to mine, so I changed a bearing, but it, it turned out to be... How the module was sitting against the cam uh that was making a clicking sound so it wasn't actually the bearing in my case um but i know a lot of people a lot of good friends of mine had bearing issues with the trx line you know i'm what you gonna do that's a bummer that one's definitely a bummer because that's going to cost you some points i know botex kind of had for you know a small amount of time they had this reputation of like just exploding <laughs> Their limbs would just blow up on him for no fucking reason at all. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure the botec limb thing's been worked out. Uh, But yeah, the, the camp thing was a real, you know, it really got to me. And I think one of the things that got to me even more was when I tried to like talk about it online. I got a lot of pushback from people that were Hoyt loyalists you know and if you're if you're a pro staff and you're sponsored by Hoyt that's one thing i understand where you're coming from but you're if, if you're an amateur guy if you're an, if you're a regular dude right and you're going to be like this diehard like defender of Hoyt it does not make sense to me if like a, a perfect example. I'm talking about the the bottom cam being defective, right? Now, a lot of people I know is having this serving separation. I won't get into it because I don't want my my buddies to get like way, you know. I want them to turn this off. But one of the responses that I got was from a guy who was like, "Look, it. I've never heard of this happening ever before. I have a Hoyt Stratos. I've shot a thousand shots through it. I don't have a single amount of, of serving separation, right?" The dude's profile picture is like Hoyt jersey, Hoyt hat, Hoyt wedding ring. You know what I mean? Like to the nines, Hoyt everything. And it's like, well, dude, (laughs) first I asked him, I was like, what cam are you shooting? And he's like, number two cam. I was like, well, there you have it. I've already said it's the number one cam specifically that has this issue. And that's it. And he's like, oh, well, I'm really sorry you're having that problem. But, you know, I've never heard this before. He's like, dude, that's fine, man. That's fine. I'm not out to slander a company. I'm just trying to bring some shit to their attention, okay but <laughs> what's the deal with diehard loyalists for for companies? are you are you desperately trying to get sponsored? I, I mean that could be one way I was when I was shooting nationals, there was nothing I wanted more than a Hoyt contract and you know the sales rep told me like, hey we don't like, like, Hoyt does not like Bohors, right? We kind of like it if you are loyal. And I was loyal for quite a while. And then eventually I slipped into being a Bohor, And that's where I am now. <laughs> I'm the, <this>, uh, <laughs> I, I just don't, <laughs> I'll shoot anything now. <laughs> but, um. You know, I I truly think these companies they're gonna sponsor the top shooters, all right? They're gonna sponsor you when you put down crazy badass scores. They're not gonna sponsor you because you defend their name on a Facebook post. That doesn't make any sense, you know. Uh, and not to mention, I'm I'm a relative nobody. I'm just putting it out there because I'm like I said a million times before, just trying to protect the consumer. But anyway, that kind of that chapped my ass a little bit. <laughs> it's like, what's with, what's with bow brand? What's Okay, I understand bow brand loyalty because I'm starting to creep up on it right now with this elite stuff. I mean, if only the bow looked a little better. <laughs> but I do like, I, I'm, you know, I'm telling people, hey, you should check these bows out. Uh, I don't believe in blind loyalty, though. Like, blind loyalty seems to be a problem it's like, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want my buddies turning this show off. <laughs> so anyway, in other archery news, right? We got two bows released this week, two brand new bows. First is the Matthews phase four, right? Matthews phase four is the, basically is a Matthews V3 with eight limbs, right? And, uh. It's kind of like they take a regular limb, they split it down the middle, and then they put like a rubber damper thing in between them. They're saying it's eight limbs, basically. Um, I saw I think it was on Instagram, archery hooligan or or uh, archery letdown. One of those was like, hey, does anyone else think these are like old Matthews? Uh, some other. I can't remember what they said of some other type of Matthew's bow, uh, limbs that they're just trying to get, that they have a bunch of them in stock. They're trying to get rid of them. And I'm not going to lie. That thought crossed my head earlier where I was like, huh, they went through and they, it's like they cut all their limbs down the middle and then they, you know, put this like uh rubber thing in between. Could be. Maybe they had a bunch of out of stock limbs or out of spec limbs that they're like, hey, you know what? We'll split them all down the middle and I'll make them better. (laughs) But that's the conspiracy theory mind at work there. Um, I think when you look at it, that idea of putting like a a damper in between the limb and then making them, like making basically one limb out of two (laughs) and then doing it four times, I think it's a brilliant idea. So. I don't know. I would, I would expect the bow to be really damn quiet. They were already really damn quiet from the jump and now they're just going to be even, even quieter. So, you know, Matthew's hammering it out of the park with that. Still, I am unimpressed with the riser design being very similar. I think I'm guessing it costs so much money for these companies to make a bunch of risers you know so they design the fuck out of the riser once they get it to where they think they want it on finite element analysis or whatever they get them they start getting them machined and then they they're like how much mileage can we get out of this one riser that's what i'm guessing that's what i'm guessing cuz i know i mean you guys all know you order something in bulk you get a price break right when you buy uh you know when you buy 20 dollars worth of shrooms you you only get so much but if you buy 200 dollars worth of shrooms they give you like the whole fucking milk cartons worth so i think it goes like that same same principle applies to uh manufacturing when it comes to this kind of stuff cuz i know at the you know at the company i work for my boss will just order you know 200 of a prototype <laughs> cuz he just doesn't want to pay the he doesn't want to get stiffed on the bill <laughs> so <laughs> Ugh, that's such bad practice but anyway anyway let me see where was i now uh let's see it's no shave november uh, the matthews bow has eight limbs it also has a little stabilizer that like slides in and out of a little pocket it's got a little looks like a little axle knob on it pretty dope pretty neat little feature i mean i'm i'm gonna use a carbon stabilizer um but i'm not knocking their their shit their shit looks cool Um, ah, all right. Here's another one. Archery news. (laughs) You Some fool leaked the new or one of the new Hoyt bows, uh, that's coming out on the 18th. (coughs) Word on the street is it was just some kid at a shop in Georgia or something like that leaked a picture of the new Hoyt. Um, uh, I'll just give you guys the rundown. I got nothing to lose, right? It's basically the Hoyt Venom. They took the Hoyt Venom and they turn it into a 34-inch axle axle. So you guys know the Pro is a 33. They gave you that one extra inch, and you know sometimes one extra inch is all it takes. <laughs> but now there's a there's going to be a 34-inch axle axle Venom. It's called the VTM, I believe. Or vtn i can't remember i wrote it down but i'm too lazy to look at it um pretty neat pretty neat i i think everyone remembers the old 34 inch axle axle hoits like the old carbon defiance were some shooters like those were some really good bows that would if you really wanted to you could shoot a target you could shoot a field round with those like that's how good they were so i think seeing the venom go 34 inch axle axle is pretty dope uh, I'm curious as to what other features that are going to be on this bow that weren't shown on the leaked photo, but you know, bummer, someone leaked it. Oh, well, what are you going to do? My personal opinion is when stuff gets leaked like this, it creates a lot more, a lot more hype for it. So I think, uh, I hope Hoyt goes easy on this kid that leaked the, uh, photo and doesn't like penalize his shop. Cause I think the penalty for leaking stuff like that is pretty heavy, but, uh, yeah, Hoyt's releasing some bows, I think on the 18th of this month, which is, oh shit, tomorrow. <laughs> so by the time you're listening to this, you'll already seen it. This will be old news for you guys. Um, let's see, other corrections. Oh, I have an an elite correction. Um, I think in the past someone had said that someone on my show had said that elite bows kind of take business away from your shop because they had this like consumer direct website type thing. Um, and I got a correction from my buddy, Mr. Webb, Mr. Brian Webb was telling me, uh, that's not true. You can build a bow. They'll send it to your shop. If you buy accessories, they will still give your shop the kickback they would have got as if they had sold it to you. So that's pretty cool. Elite does support your local shop still brian webb uh owner of impact archery also the builder of carbon craft stabilizers um might as well just get to that little plug in here now carbon craft stabilizers have been a long supporter of the show they've been a long supporter of me uh i like them i think they're the best stabilizer out there uh, i'd urge you guys to try them i have a handful of spares that you know if you guys can catch me <laughs> if you can if you can catch the angry lepre- leprechaun that is me, I'll let you try I'll let you try one of my bars, okay? Um let's see. Other news. Let's see. The NFAA has a new rule, never point your bow at another person ever. They are calling it the Alec Baldwin rule. Let's see. Um That's pretty much That's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I got for you guys. Uh, Listener question, how do you powder test? All right, I love this question because when I shot my Matthews bow, I was obsessed with powder testing. Now, I should tell you, you probably don't need to, okay? It's kind of like an anal retentive thing, Um, but there have been really good shooters that um, have done the powder that you know use powder testing so <clears throat> mainly it's mainly used if you're shooting a blade rest right but you can you can powder test everything and if I had powder tested my Stratos I would have seen that I was getting contact with my riser shelf earlier on but I didn't <coughs> so what you do I use something called developers spray right it's um it's really expensive, and I would not advise you guys use it um, because it's extremely expensive. The only reason why I use it is because I can borrow it from my, my work. The stuff I use is called SpotCheck SKD-S2 Aerosol. Um, it's for 3D scanning, right? So you would spray something with this powder, and then uh, you would use a laser to 3D scan it. Um, all this pa- All this powder or all this spray is, it's just talc powder, basically aerosol, um, aerosolized with alcohol or something like that. Basically, alcohol evaporates, and then you just have talc, talc powder left in a nice flat surface. I mean, I'm pretty sure foot spray works. I don't know exactly which foot spray works, but preferably one that leaves a white powdery residue uh, on you. And... The way I like to do it, I spray the shelf and then I spray the blade, right? And then I will rotate my indoor arrows on my blade until I'm getting the smallest amount of contact on that blade. You're get, It's almost unavoidable, right, to where your veins will not touch the blade. It's almost unavoidable. I found that if you put your veins at 1 o'clock, like one vein pointed at 1 o'clock and the next vein like 5, that gives you kind of the best you get cable clearance. <clears throat> if you're running helical, it actually works out really good on the blade too. You get just a tiny amount of contact. It really doesn't do much. It's not going to translate to much downrange. Down um, I know my buddy Austin Watts, he runs his blade rest uh, and his knock point so that he it would be like knock high, tear through paper, and he does that so that his veins completely clear the blade rest altogether. So that is an option. Again, you have to shoot. You have to shoot as good as Austin to pull that one off. I like running my blade, you know, right down the middle. Now that I am like obsessed with bear shaft tuning. You know, I am putting the the blade right where it has to be for the bear shaft to hit with the f- um, fletch shaft. So that's one way. The other option, all right, that I also really like is you build an arrow with black veins, and then you spray the arrow. And after you shoot it, you are gonna eyeball. I mean, you you just spray the back half of the arrow, and after you shoot it, you can look down the arrow. You know, you can look down the shaft and see where are the where's my blade contacting. You know, is it clean all the way through? Is there a spot where it's you know? more or less um is it doing anything weird along the way you know so that's that's another method i really like um again if you spray your blade it'll show you if something weird is happening but again i would i would say that you don't have to spend your time doing that unless you are hearing something weird when you're shooting if you're shooting your blade rest and you're hearing like these really weird twang like or if you're hearing your blade doing something funny, then I would say it might be time to check it out. Then you know, give it give it a an, an eyeball first. Though shoot it through paper. That like to me that's the number one thing. Shoot it through paper and let's let's see. Are you are you, you know you get weird cam timing? um You get a weird tear down there. If you're getting a weird tear through paper and your cam timing is good, it could be something else entirely. Um. You know could be something as little as arrow rest position, but uh I think it's uh, it's not a hundred percent necessary. I don't think I'm gonna powder test the bow I have now, and I'm running a blade. You know, I am curious to try the drop away on this thing again, but but yeah, hopefully, hopefully that has cleared that little mystery up for you. Um, now, like I said before, I'm not going to do like a commercial. I'm not going to talk this bow up like I did the Stratos, but I do want you to know that I have been shooting a lot, especially this week because this bow tunes so well and it shoots so well. It's just got me like stoked. I want to see Like how far can I take this? Can I, what can I achieve with this bow? Right. So it's a motivator for me to get up in the morning and hammer out as many three hundred rounds as possible. Um, and one thing that I'm noticing is <coughs> you can have a super awesome tune, right? And you can have a, a great pin float and an awesome hole like an awesome hold, awesome shot. In the end, the thing that like the final thing hurdle that you're gonna have to get over. After you clear all these things. Is focus. Okay. So. I'm not sure where you are. In this timeline. Okay. Where you know, it starts with tune. Then if that goes to like. Your hold. Pin float. Execution. What happens after you get all those kind of rolling for you. Focus. I cannot tell you. How many times I've been rolling on a really good 300 round. And lack of focus will derail me. It'll be something so stupid. Like um, like I was thinking about videotaping a 300 round, right? So I'm, I'm in the middle of shooting a 300 round. You know, a very, very nice 300 round. I'm gonna say, just for an example, right? Clean on X's. And then I'll draw back and I'll start thinking, man, if I were going to film this, where would it be a good spot to to put the camera? Would it be like up by the bale, or would it be behind me, or you know, would I use like my binos that, to look like halfway down the range so you could see the arrow going to the target? Bam! I'm thinking that shit at full draw, and what happens? Shot timing goes out the window. I end up breaking a shot that you know may or may not even catch a ten at that point. Focus is so crucial and being present in what you're doing is so crucial. I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever sat in like a hippie drum circle and like smoked a bunch of random shit that gets passed to you. But they do this thing called mindfulness. Some of them, some of them do this thing called a mindfulness meditation. And what a mindfulness meditation is, you just sit there. Stoned or not stoned, and you don't think of anything. When thoughts come into your, you know, your brain cavity, you acknowledge that you're having thoughts, and then you go back to having clarity and let those thoughts those thoughts that you had kind of walk on out the back door. And it's gotta be true, like you have to have that level of focus when you're shooting indoor rounds. If you're thinking about filming or social media or anything else, you're literally leaving the door open for shooting a 9 or an 8 or or any any, you know, you just you're leaving the door open for shooting something you don't want. Right? So, I would urge you guys like to practice on your focus when you are shooting. And that doesn't mean I don't mean, you know, don't talk to your buddies you know, or don't joke around. Like, anyone that knows me will tell you guys that when it comes to a league or a tournament, I am the biggest goofball. I love joking around with people. I love telling jokes. <coughs> I just love being around people. Um, But when you're shooting, when you're on the line and shooting, focus on what you're doing. It's literally you, like... Oh, man, this is gonna sound so stupid, but I was watching a video, and uh, my buddy Jim sent me this video, and he's like, "Check this out." It's Bodie Turner explaining his shot process, right? Is Bodie's? He's shooting a uh, hunting bow, right? <clears throat> he draws back. He says, "I kind of look through my sight and make sure my my pin is on the right target." He goes, and then I tell myself, or I don't know if he said tell myself, but he goes, "Next, I climb in," right? and I've always felt that that is like when you're going into anchor, right? It does feel like you're climbing into like the cockpit of an F 22 or an F 14. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel that I've always felt that like when you're getting into anchor, you are climbing in and you're strapping in and you're, you're getting ready for war and not to take away from the veterans. I mean, not real war, mind you but you're getting ready to to do some work okay um and that's like part of his mantra it's like climb in you know pin on target squeezing bam shoots you know so um i can kind of see why this mantra thing is so valuable and I know I've gone both ways. I've been like, oh man, the Joel Turner thing must be the shit. And then I was like, yeah, the Joel Turner thing is overthought, you know, whatever. And now I'm kind of coming around and I'm seeing like, okay, the benefit to that, that mantra stuff is clear mind. It it You can use that mantra stuff to keep foreign thoughts out of your brain because that space um, is already occupied, you know, like a... I can't, I don't have room to think about, uh, you know, this other thing, you know, where should I film this round from? Uh, where should I set up my camera? Um, because that space is already occupied with this mantra of squeezing, pulling, whatever, you know, whatever it is. So just a little something for you guys. That's what I'm working on this week is focusing and I know that sounds super broad in general but I'm trying to be as specific as I possibly can to you guys it's 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 literally like staying engaged for all 30 shots a hundred percent there's no not being engaged in the shot you know the second you lo- you let that engagement go that's it you're leaving it up to the gods. If you catch a 10, lucky, lucky, but you're not earning it. If, if you're not, if your head's not in the game, <clears throat> I know a lot of you are probably like, come on, Wendell, that's some day one shit. It is. It's day one shit, but it's also day 365 shit. It's, it's also day 400,000 shit. It's, it's, that's going to be something forever that you, that you got to work on forever. I can only imagine, like, I try to, like, picture the minds of these great shooters like Gaze Carter and Mike Schlosser. <clears throat> I would almost put a million dollars on it. Those guys are thinking of nothing other than what they're doing. There's no room for it, you know. Not to mention, guys like Schlosser, they don't even post that their shit that much on social media anyway. You know? It's like, that's you know, filming a practice round is the furthest thing from what they care about. They're just trying to they're just trying to get it done. I just wanted to film it so I a post one up and be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you guys doing, you know? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I got a lot of listeners of this show that you guys are all getting really good. Like, a lot of you guys are, are finding your stride and getting your swing that I'm like, shit, <clears throat> I got to get my shit together because you don't want to take advice from, or you want to listen to advice from a guy who can't, can't put down scores either (laughs) it's like it's like I always said you know it's like uh you don't want to take weight loss advice from a fat guy period so I'm grinding I'm putting the time in right now I threw down a couple good scores with this bow so it's nice my goal though my goal is not a high x count I mean a high x count would be nice but my goal is consistent three hundreds. Now, if that means, you know, plus or minus two to three X's between twenty and twenty six, sure. That's fine. I really don't care. I want zero I want no nines for the foreseeable future. Because that's what's gonna get you to the ball in Vegas. Um at this point, I might be shooting flights. I, I think I'm not gonna do the pro class thing. Um, you know, after talking to Blake a little bit and, and some of the stuff he was saying, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I deserve the title of pro. And I know some people would be like, oh, dude, you're being hard on yourself. <coughs> no, no, I don't think so. You know, I'm happy being an amateur cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an amateur shooter. You know, I shoot at that level. Um. Is that sandbaggy of me? Maybe if I'm shooting at a pro level. But who knows? Who knows what I'll be at? Um, I hope that my decision does not influence you guys. (laughs) If you want to get out there and shoot championship class and ride with the big dogs and go, you know, nitro bike racing with no helmet, do it. Because that's how you get better. You don't get better shooting flights okay maybe you know maybe you do but you want to get really good you should championship class just have some money set aside for it because that's some expansive shit all right guys that's the episode for today i have a couple guests lined up that you know I, i i've gotten messages that people are like man i really like the episodes you do with your guests with guests you know i get it that is a veiled way of saying i don't want to hear you just talk by yourself i get it and to that guy who told me that, a couple people told me that, I'm sorry. But right now, it's got to just be me because it's I don't have any available time for guests. There are two guests I have lined up that I do want to talk to. Those guys, you know, I'm sorry I'm dragging my feet on it. I'll get to you guys soon, okay? Until then, I got to practice. You know, my my free time is going into practicing. The rest of it is going into my beautiful baby. Um. So... Yeah, that's how it's going right now. Um, again, as always, thank you guys for the support. Thank you for listening. Thanks for taking your time out of your day when you could be listening to <coughs> whatever you guys are listening to. What? Ben Shapiro podcast or, <laughs> yeah, I really hope it's not like. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys don't oscillate between this and like Joe Rogan, man. <laughs> it's, Oh, it's just Meathead Central on your playlist, huh? <laughs> <coughs> you know what would be really cool? Is if Joe Rogan would shoot against me. I would love to shoot against... I mean, of course, the guy's like a billionaire. he yeah, got time to fuck, with, fuck around with me. But I have a theory that I could shoot the brakes off of Joe Rogan. And I could probably shoot the brakes off of Cameron Haynes, too. But, ah, uh, you know, big words big words from a little guy who won't, you know, who's going to chicken out and shoot uh flights. <laughs> That's just my style. Anyway, big tournament's coming up, all right? Uh Bay Area Open, December 11th, I believe. Let me double check that so I'm not feeding you guys what they would call porky pies in England, which means essentially bullshit. Um bam, here it is. You guys, it is December eleventh, twenty twenty two. Hundred dollar registration. <clears throat> um it's gonna be a Lancaster style shoot up. Two Vegas qualifiers. This has been one of my favorite tournaments for a long time. Uh I've won this one a handful of times. And it's close. It's nearby at a beautiful range, super spacious range. You get to do the Lancaster shoot up in, in California. Like that's fucking cool. The last time I won this, I think I started off in fourth and shot my way up from there. (coughs) Shot against the infamous Kevin Wilkie guy. I admire the hell out of. Um, (coughs) so yeah, we'll see how it goes. (coughs) There's some big cats going to this one. Um, mainly my friend Randall. He's a guy that I desperately want to get on this show because he's, he's different. He's got, he, he rolls to his own tune. He doesn't believe in all the same shit that we all do. He tries stuff, you know, the same crap that's fed to all of us. And when it doesn't work, he's like, Nope. On to the next thing. I admire that about him. He tests stuff. And, uh, like any good archer he knows that you can only fiddle with your gear so far before you have to practice so (coughs) i'd love to get randall on this show (coughs) sorry guys i'm still like getting over whatever fucking cold i contracted from my beautiful kid okay you want a big yawn to the mic because it's nighttime i can only say so much good stuff about the shooters around here um I know that, you know, a couple guys that listen from out of state are kind of getting juiced because they're like, oh, yeah, man, like, we can rep our state, you know. It's not always going to be Montana, you know, or Washington as the, the badass states for archery, you know. We can do it. California, you can do it. I believe in you. If you can do one fucking thing right, maybe, maybe it can be archery, huh? it doesn't even have to be good, just has to be decent, just the best, to be competitive. So, yeah, I'm jazzed. Um, I was getting real bummed out with how, how poorly I was shooting uh, with my Hoyt, and now it's like, <coughs> I got a ray of sunshine right now, so. <coughs> I'm sorry I'm doing this episode so late, guys, I just really want to practice tomorrow. I've been on a clean streak of practicing every day this week. Tomorrow will be five days and you better believe it. I'm going to practice Sunday morning or Saturday morning as well. All right, guys. <clears throat> so thank you for listening. Uh, episodes brought to you by DB custom coatings. <coughs> they do badass Sarah coding. Darren has Sarah coded the bow of Casey coughled. That's the Lancaster archery guys daughter. <coughs> And uh Darren's work is on the side of the Lancaster truck. Like if you see the the Lancaster trailer that they get pulled all the events, there's a picture of Casey on it, like fist pumping with her bow or whatever. It's it's like faded. I think it's two or three colors faded. Darren did that. So this dude's no slouch. And for sure, I'm getting my elite uh Saracoted because it is butt ugly. I got the <laughs> I got the gray color, which is um. It's just maybe it's cool. I don't know. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Uh, so I'm gonna have Darren do something cool with it. But after Vegas, like I said, guys, the the time is now to practice. All right. There's good shooters all over the place that are throwing down 30x games. There's another thing I want to talk about. So I was talking with my homie, right? I have friends. I ha- I'm i not just a a, a a dude that hangs out by himself all the time. Talks to his kid only. But I was talking to my buddy, and he was saying, like, man, I don't think many people throw down 30x games. And I said, uh, no, dude. He goes, well, you don't see it on social media very much. People don't post up their 30x games. I said, no, dude. I think hella people are throwing down 30x games right now. They just don't post it because it's not the mindset or the uh, the personality type <clears throat> a lot of good shooters don't feel the need to boast about the 30x game because they know that there's other people shooting those 30x's and he goes ah, I don't know about that and I was like dude just look at the Iowa was it the Iowa pro am or the spots and flakes whatever or, I think it's the spots and flakes someone that just happened right in Utah I could be wrong it could have been the Iowa pro Something, Some kind of indoor tournament. Hold on. Let me look it up before I just go talking. All right. It was none of those. It was the Kings of Archery event in the Netherlands, right? Big time indoor event. I think think they call it JVD, Kings of Archery. I can't remember what it is. (laughs) Big time archery event out there. Indoor style. Hella people threw down 30X games at this tournament. (laughs) People that we haven't heard of either. And... It's just like dude, well, where is all that? Well, like like the, well there's the proof right there. Hella people are doing it. If they're doing it in competition, that means they're doing it way fucking more in practice, which means there are hella people that do it in practice that don't do it in competition. So guys, <clears throat> I'm not saying everyone has to be able to shoot a 30x game, all right? But at some point along the way, <clears throat> if you're shooting 300s now, it should be in your goal to shoot a 30x game at some point. If you're not shooting uh, 300s, your goal should be shooting 300s, all right? Like there's you got to you got to have that goal somewhere. And then, you know, I've said in the past have realistic goals. If you're shooting at 292, shoot for a 295, then shoot for the 297, then shoot for the, you know, whatever. Work your way up to it. Have realistic goals. But <coughs> sorry no at the top of the mountain is the 300 all right and you're gonna be there but you gotta see yourself being there and you have to know it's doable that 30x game i'm gonna do it if it's in my backyard fuck it that's that'll be the first one but that is on my fucking plate that's on my bucket list i'm shooting a 30x game so i see it i see myself on the mountain i see it happening now, whether or not I put that, do that in competition. Now, that's where you know expectations start to get unrealistic. <laughs> I need to start shooting some fucking competitions because uh, you know Dad Archer over here is not is not uh, a Spartan warrior like he used to be. <clears throat> but I ain't going down without a fight. So we'll see. But you know, all you need is a couple competitions to get the nerves on, know how you react. And how you got to work through it. So, I'm uh, I'm hopeful. Anyway, thank you guys for listening as always. Um, thank you for the support. I hope you guys enjoy this shit. You know, I'm probably, I hope I'm the only fucking podcast that talks about the leaked Hoyt bow. Bam. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> At least the only archery podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh bringing you that real shit guys bringing you the real shit since day one day one all right so uh you all have a wonderful weekend get some practice in and uh do some do some good shit all right all right Wendell's out